0: Hello, everybody. I am going to take an opportunity tonight to read you a story that I had written. It's probably been a couple years now. Um, It's a little Halloween story that I wrote for children. So if you have any grandchildren or children, this would be a cute little story for them. If you would like to have the story, uh, a physical copy of it, you'd have to order it from me. So you'd have to message me. Um, and there's a lot of illustrations. I I actually did all the illustrations to the book as well, and from it I was hired by a children's illustration company um, if I were to ever be chosen for some of my work. So it it was a pretty neat thing. So the story is called The Hairy Pumpkin, and it's written by Tracy E. Bush. Off hidden far, far away from the human world, there was a little town where all scary jack-o'-lanterns came from, and this town was named Emberville. Now, scary jack-o'-lanterns weren't born scary. They first started out as a plamkin, growing into a pumpkin, then mature into a jack-o'-lantern, and Emberville was just filled with the scariest jack-o'-lanterns you've ever seen. But in Emberville, there was a sweet little young plamkin Soon to be a pumpkin named Ferris Fields, and Ferris wasn't like any of the other young plumpkins. When Ferris was born, he had little green sprouts all over his body that looked like green hairs, and all of the other plumpkins are born were born with smooth orange skin. Ferris's parents, Mister and Missus Fields, couldn't figure out what the hairs were or why they grew all over Ferris. But the hairs weren't the worst of Ferris's problems. Underneath the hairs like hair I'm sorry, underneath the hair like sprouts, Ferris had the sweetest little face, unlike all of the other plumpkins, that normally are born with faces that are already starting to be scary. Emberville only had scary pumpkins that lived there, who at times were not the nicest bunch, and as Ferris grew his face remained sweet and kind ferris became afraid he wasn't going to fit in that the other pumpkins would make fun of him and he would never be able to do his job as a scary pumpkin one day like his father did before mr field started their leaf farm so to be less afraid ferris let his hair grow and get longer and longer to hide his sweet little happy face He was even developing a single thick vine on the top of his crown along with long green green sprouts that covered him from sprout to toe, if he had toes. He wouldn't even allow his own parents to see his face. His mother and father had seen him when he was a baby but always thought he would grow into his scary face one day. As he was growing up, he could see that his face was unchanging, so he allowed the green sprouts to take over and keep him covered from anyone to see. Every day, Ferris would get up, go to the bathroom, and look in the mirror. He would pull the hairs away from his face and say, "'Oh, why does my face look so nice? "'How am I ever going to be a scary pumpkin one day, like the rest of the growing plumpkins?" Ferris would try and make mean and scary faces in the mirror, but he just ended up looking goofy and kind of funny. Ferris would even snicker and laugh at the faces he made. He would then get washed up and ready to go outside in the tree garden to help his parents on their leaf harvesting farm, where they gathered and sold leaves. He loved raking the leaves the most. One day as Ferris was raking the big beautiful red leaves that had fallen, from one of the many trees mr wind who frequently came by to blow the leaves all around for fun blew into the village he was in a most foul mood this particular day and blew in strong and irate ferris had collected many baskets of leaves and helped his mother mrs fields put the baskets on a table next to the leaf stand for some of the jack-o'-lanterns from the village to buy Many jack-o'-lanterns were in the garden. Many were gathered around the table, and some talked with Mr. Fields about his new leaf-gathering machine. Mr. Wind blew through the the leaf farm with a strong, angry gust, and as he did so, Ferris's hairy sprouts blew away from his face, and everyone could see Ferris's face for the first time. Ferris's parents and the other jack-o'-lanterns— I'm sorry, Ferris's face— Ferris's parents and the other Jackos, who stood around the leaf stand, just gasped. Ferris could hear their shocked whispers. Mr. Wynne, having seen Ferris in private many times and knowing what his face really looked like from the many times he blew around Ferris, stopped in front of Ferris and exclaimed, "'Oh, Ferris, I'm so sorry. I'm having such a bad day.' Look what I've done, look what I've gone and done to you now, Mr. Wynne knew Ferris kept his face covered, and why they had had many conversations about it, and Mr. Wynne always loved Ferris's face. He loved to blow Ferris's hair sprouts back from his face when they talked to see his sweet expressions. They had many hours of fun together as Ferris worked on the leaf farm, and Mr. Wynne would playfully mess the leaves all up. Ferris just put his head down, covered his face back up with all of his thick green sprouts, and walked away upset. Ferris felt so ugly and unaccepted, like he would never fit in with anyone anywhere. Ferris walked home to their little old blue bus they lived in and went to his little bed. His mother came in soon after and found him. She put her arms around him and tried to comfort him, as she was still in shock that his face was still as sweet as it was when he was a baby Plampkin. Ferris felt all was lost, and all he could do was try to hide. Ferris's mother bent down and kissed him, and Ferris said, I'm not a scary pumpkin, Mom. I'm a hairy pumpkin, with a nice face. She patted him and tried to reassure him all would be well. She stayed with him for a few moments until she thought Ferris had fallen asleep, then left his room when she heard his father come home. But Ferris couldn't sleep. Ferris could hear his mom and dad whispering about his face and asking themselves what they should do. It made Ferris feel even worse. Hours later, he finally dozed off and dreamt of being an enormous, scary-faced jack-o'-lantern that terrorized all the towns around him. The next day brought a lot of sunshine and Ferris awoke and knew he had to go out to help his parents again in the garden. As he went outside he was approached by the much-loved village mutt, Chasey. Chasey was a small cute miniature schnauzer that was full grown but still looked like an adorable puppy. Ferris Sorry about that guys. Ferris was so kind and sweet, even the animals that lived outside and had wilder spirits, would play with him, which never happened with the others in the village. The animals always seemed somewhat frightened of the rest. Ferris loved Chasey, and she loved Ferris. Hey, girl, who's the greatest dog, the bestest, most greatest dog in the world? Ferris asked excitedly. She jumped all around him, excited to see him answering him with her dog bark talk she so often did whenever someone spoke to her. Chasey would always answer back in dog language whenever spoken to. Ferris patted her, and off they went to the garden. Ferris knew most of his work would be undone today because Chasey loved to jump in the leaves and hide and play. But Ferris was so happy, Chasey came by today. He really needed to be cheered up, and Chasey was just the one to do it. Ferris nicknamed her Greatest. That was what he called her instead of her name most of the time. So off they went to do the day's work that would really feel like a day of playtime, all because of the company of a friend. Ferris's parents saw Ferris and Chasey playing as they approached the garden and felt relieved, but still a bit concerned for Ferris. Mr. and Mrs. Fields always found joy when they watched the interaction between Ferris and Chasey. They weren't sure why Ferris's face had not grown scary and still remained cute and kind, and there was no explanation about the thick green sprout hairs that covered just about all of Ferris. Ferris just wasn't scary enough to become a true jack-o'-lantern someday, and living in Emberville was not going to be easy. After work that day... Mr. Fields used the vine graph and called an old friend named Dr. Bloom. Mrs. Mr. Fields and Dr. Bloom grew up together in Emberville, and Dr. Bloom moved away several years ago to become a doctor and then on to become a scientist as well. Mr. Fields wanted Dr. Bloom's opinion about Ferris's face and hair. Amberville had a great village doctor but he had been stumped by ferris's condition and maybe dr bloom's science knowledge scientific knowledge could help mr fields didn't want his son to be different he wanted his son to be happy dr bloom lived in a secluded small remote town named autumnton not many knew how to find autumnton and most didn't even know it existed mr fields had never visited the town where his old friend lived they just kept in touch over the years through the vine graph. Mr. Fields and Dr. Bloom agreed to meet at the Planters Inn, a fancy bed and breakfast halfway between Emberville and Autumnton. Ferris was very nervous about the meeting when his father told him. That night before the meeting, Ferris tossed and turned in bed. He couldn't sleep. He got up in the middle of the night and went outside to get some fresh air. Mr. Gwynne came through the village a few moments later, as Ferris sat outside on the tire swing, Mr. Wynne blew up to Ferris and said, Oh, Ferris, you're up too. I can't sleep either. I heard through the wind line that you were going to meet with Dr. Bloom tomorrow. I hope that goes well for you. And I wanted to apologize for blowing in your face around the others and making such a mess of things for you, son. I hope you forgive me. <clears throat> Ferris shook his head and replied, No, nah, that's okay, Mr. Wind. I know you didn't mean anything by it. I just hope Dr. Bloom can fix me to look like the other plampkins and I can turn into a very scary jack-o'-lantern one day and actually be able to cut back some of this hair sprout. It gets hard to see with all of this and it just keeps growing all over so fast. I just want to be like everyone else. Mr. Wind replied, "'Being different is sometimes a good thing, my dear boy. "'You will see one day. "'Off to bed with me. "'Good night, Ferris. "'Sleep tight. "'Don't let the jacko-bugs bite.' Ferris laughed. He really enjoyed his time with Mr. Wind when he blew in. As Mr. Wind blew out of town, he thought to himself that Ferris didn't realize how bright and kind of a plumpkin he was and how nothing would ever fear him and how good that was.' Even the animals were drawn to Ferris, unlike the others in his town that the animals shied away from most of the jack-o'-lanterns in the village were most unpleasant. Mr. Wynne had the gift of future sight and saw in Ferris's future a bright and happy one filled with warmth and love because of Ferris's uniqueness from all the others. Ferris just doesn't see it yet, but he will Mr. Wynne muttered to himself. <clears throat> The following morning came, and Ferris was so tired as his mom tried to wake him up. Get up, sleepy plump," We have to get an early start. Ferris said, okay, very unenthusiastically. But he got up, and his father had a nice cup of hot apple cider for him when he came to the breakfast table, along with some peanut butter toast, Ferris's favorite. Ferris happily ate his breakfast. They left on the early morning hay wagon that was driven by two very special dogs, an Irish setter named Maggie and an adorable half-shepherd, half-hound dog named Macky Mac. Ferris loved seeing the dogs. He loved the animals. As Ferris was leaving, <clears throat> Chasey came bounding around the corner with her best pal, the village stray cat Bagheera. Chasey and Bagheera would play every day. They would wrestle and chase each other all over the village. then an hour later you could see them all snuggled up in a hay pile together all tuckered out after they shared lunch and chasey would be used used, i'm sorry chasey would be used as a pillow by bagheera it was such a sight to see and such fun to watch bagheera and chasey had a rare bond of friendship maggie and macky mac just stood there and watched the cat dog wrestling match Ferris yelled to the two playful part-time pets. I'll be back later, guys, to play in the leaves with you. Off the Fields family went to their meeting with Dr. Bloom at the Planners Inn. Dr. Bloom waited inside the Planners Inn, sipping on some oak tea. He saw the wagon pull up and greeted the Fields family at the door to the inn. The inn provided a room for Dr. Bloom to examine Ferris. When Ferris met Dr. Bloom, he was somewhat surprised at how normal and unscary Dr. Bloom's face was. Dr. Bloom's face wasn't scary, and it really wasn't nice. It was more of a stern-looking, serious face. Ferris had never seen a serious pumpkin before, only jack-o'-lantern pumpkins, which were all scary-faced. Ferris hopped up on the table, and Dr. Bloom asked him to pull his hair sprouts away from his face. Fearfully, Ferris did so and expected Dr. Bloom to cringe in fear or disgust, but he didn't. Dr. Bloom stopped and looked surprised for a moment, but then a warm smile spread slowly across his face. Ferris was confused. Dr. Bloom turned to Ferris's parents and said, I would like to take Ferris to my home in Autumnton and have him stay with me for a week to observe him and run some tests, as long as you two would feel comfortable with that. Ferris's parents spoke more to Dr. Bloom about it briefly and agreed to it, as long as Ferris was comfortable with it. Ferris liked Dr. Bloom instantly and wanted to try anything to find a cure for his condition, so Ferris was very willing to go. He asked his parents to look in on Chasey and Bagheera and reassure them he would be back next week. When Ferris arrived at Dr. Bloom's town, he was amazed at how beautiful it was. It was so colorful with lights and flowers and trees. He was shown to the guest room when they arrived at the Bloom home by Dawn, Dr. Bloom's wife. Over the course of the next few days, Ferris spent much of his time in dr bloom's office being tested dr bloom explained to ferris about another pumpkin he had treated that had a similar condition and that particular pumpkin had the ability to grow and retract his hair sprouts at will that pumpkin had a very pleasant face as well dr bloom began to teach ferris to grow and control his hair sprouts "'particularly his one strong vine, "'and counseled Ferris to accept his kind face, "'because he wouldn't be a good doctor "'if he had any intention on changing the face "'of a friendly-faced boy Plampkin. "'And Dr. Bloom felt he knew where Ferris belonged "'as soon as he saw him, right here in Autumnton. "'But he kept that thought to himself "'to not be too intrusive. "'Ferris had yet to see the rest of the pumpkins "'which lived in Autumnton.' It was a place where all kind, all kinds of pumpkins lived, not just scary-faced jack-o'-lanterns like in Emberville. Autumnton was a friendly place filled with love and acceptance. They welcomed all into their hometown as long as the newcomers were friendly and could coexist peacefully and be helpful and care for one another. Dr. Bloom found Autumnton during a science expedition to find a special type of potato bug that helped vegetables grow. While he studied the rare potato bug, the local librarian, who was beautiful, assisted him with his research. That librarian was Dawn. They fell in love and have been in Autumnton ever since. Dr. Bloom was very happy and kept Autumnton a guarded secret secret from Mm -hmm. most as they all did to keep their hometown a happy place <clears throat> once in a blue moon a newcomer would find their way to autumnton but mr wind would help mr wind would only allow pumpkins and jack-o-lanterns to find autumnton that had kind hearts any pumpkins with a dark heart would be blown down a different path mr wind not only knew a little bit about what would happen in the future, he also was a good judge of character, and he knew on that day when he blew Ferris's hair sprouts back that all would turn out well for Ferris and his kind hearted family. After the fourth day, Dr. Bloom had totally mastered how Ferris could get his hair sprouts and the one main vine under control. Ferris could actually make the hair sprouts and the vine grow and then retract them at will. It was fascinating. Doctor Bloom was very happy with his study of Ferris's condition, and to celebrate, he would take his wife Dawn Ferris, and in, I'm sorry, he would take his wife Dawn Ferris, and invite Mister and Missus Fields to the Harvest Festival. Doctor Bloom used the vine graph to notify Ferris's parents about the Harvest Festival and arrange for them to meet at the Planters Inn once again, and bring them to Autumnton. "'Dr. Bloom had always wanted his old friend to meet his wife "'and see Autumnton, and there would be no better time "'than during the festival time. "'The Blooms met with the fields and brought them into Autumnton. "'The fields were in awe and wonder at the beauty of the home "'where the Blooms lived and the parts of town they saw upon arrival, "'and they were very excited for the festival. "'That night, as the festival began and the Blooms and Fields arrived,' Ferris and his family were overwhelmed by the festival. It was filled with lights and colors and beautiful mums, plants and decorations, and the pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns there were the friendliest they had ever met. It was amazing. They played games, rode rides, socialized, ate lots of food, and had the best apple cider, hot apple cider, Ferris ever had. For the first time in Ferris's life, he felt happy and like he belonged. As they left the festival, they heard a cry for help. It came from a well over by the apple cider booth. They all ran over to see who cried out. There was a young girl, Plampkin, who had rolled off into the well, fell to the bottom, and got stuck. Thankfully, the well wasn't very deep but Dr. Bloom was worried the young clamkin had broken her shell from the fall. <clears throat> Those who gathered around the well were unsure how to reach the girl Plampkin. The pumpkin that provided the apple cider grabbed a vine rope from his booth and dropped it down to the young Plampkin girl, but the vine rope was too short. Suddenly Dr. Bloom had an idea. He turned to Ferris and exclaimed, Ferris! Your hair, your hair sprout vine. It's strong, and you can grow it at will to any length needed. Ferris was elated to help and be of use. He smiled from ear to ear and excitedly went over to the well and yelled down to the young girl Plamkin, It's going to be all right, I promise. Just hold on tight to my vine sprout. Ferris thought real hard, and out the vine sprout grew and reached her easily. She grabbed onto the vine and up Ferris lifted her as he retracted his life-saving rope. As she came into view, the most happy, sweetest plumpkin face Ferris ever saw met his gaze and he couldn't take his eyes off of her, and she couldn't stop looking at him either. I think that day, it was young love at first sight. Ferris finally tore his gaze from her and then to his parents, who were standing there smiling, both remembering that look, as they had been young when they first met. Ferris's mom and dad looked at each other, then to the blooms, and said, Well, it appears we will be looking to nestle down in this beautiful town of Autumnton. The blooms couldn't have been happier, and the rest was history. The little hairy pumpkin, Ferris, had met his plant mate, Petal, that day at the Harvest Festival. Petal and Ferris were inseparable after that day and spent every waking moment they could together. Ferris's parents went home to Emberville to gather their little blue bus, leaf stand, and personal belongings. Mr. and Mrs. Fields said their goodbyes to all of the jack-o'-lanterns they had known and set back out to Autumnton. Ferris had stayed behind in Autumnton to help in cleaning and preparing the space on the Bloom's property where they would live. Dr. and Mrs. Bloom offered the fields a large piece of land on their property that would be perfect for them, and the leaf stand. It was a beautiful part of the property property where so many different trees stood. Ferris and Petal were putting the final touches on a Welcome Home banner which hung off the field's new place as Mr. and Mrs. Fields came rolling into town with their belongings, and right behind the wagon trotted Chasey and Bagheera. They must have somehow sensed that this was a permanent move and decided to follow. It seemed they were most unwilling to give up their beloved Ferris. Ferris beamed with happiness as the wagon stopped just in front of the property. Ferris looked around at his parents, the Blooms, Chasey, Bagheera, Mm -hmm. and rested his gaze with Petal. His thick green sprout hair was now shortened nicely and a happy smile formed on his sweet, kind, fully exposed face. All was right in the world. Ferris had finally found a place where he belonged and would be accepted. Life was good. Mr. Wind watched from the sky, which caused a small breeze to shift through the beautiful trees and he smiled as he turned to blow off to talk to his old friend, Frost who laid plans for the soon-to-come winter. Autumnton was a special, enchanted place indeed. The end. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Mm. It was a really fun little book to write. Um, If you're interested in obtaining a physical copy of it with the illustrations, you can actually purchase it on Amazon right now under the Kindle app. And soon to be, uh, once I get the ISBN number in, you'll be able, to be able to order a physical copy through Amazon, or I have them with me, so you can message me and purchase one from me. They sell for 19.95, and the illustrations are really cute. You guys would really like them. So I hope you enjoyed your Halloween story, and I will be on shortly with some more stories. Have a wonderful night. Take care.